This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And welcome back to another installment of Film Friday here on ITP. Mm-hmm. And this week we are discussing a film that, uh, yeah, quite frankly, is one of the strangest so far. The strangest <laughs> so far, in my opinion. Takes the cake, really. Takes the cake so far, yeah. And it was suggested to us uh, by a brand new member in our Patreon community, um, Bradley Morris. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for the suggestion because it's awesome. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Directed by Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kotansky. And they were both um, co-wrote the screenplay as well, as far as I know. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And uh, starring a guy by the name of Aaron Poole. Mm-hmm. Who was super familiar, but we couldn't really find anything that uh, we recognized him from. No, which like, was odd. His face was familiar. His name was familiar. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Yeah, all of the credits that we saw, like just on his bio, were yeah. things that I don't think I've seen. No, it was so, one of those weird things. Like this movie started messing with us right from the right from the beginning. Even with that, it was just one like, cool strange. side fact though about <laughs> this guy is that he is Canadian. So maybe really? maybe it was like some sort of like global television show. That oh he my was god! On you before. know what? That has to be it. <laughs> Probably totally. not that we watch those. <laughs> Well, we watch the ads for them sometimes and, and roll our eyes, but <laughs> maybe he that, was like no. a guest character on Murdoch Mysteries or something. Oh! I wonder. Actually, that Or something might, like that that I we wonder. actually watch, you know what I mean? Totally. Anyways. Anyways. So, yeah, I mean, it, for all of you listening, go watch the movie before you listen to this, as usual, mm-hmm. right? Lots of spoilers, and if you have watched it, the reason we're choosing it is pretty obvious. Um, this is a movie that is just a massive... It's... Yeah, it's a mind bender right from mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, Just look at the cover, right? You look yeah. at the cover; it's like this crazy triangle of light with like tentacles coming out of it and a cloaked figure, just like before it all. Yeah, pretty cool. Definitely, I, I was instantly grabbed as soon as I saw that. I was like, "Okay, this fits with the themes of the show." I think definitely <laughs> does. I mean, obviously, we're super attracted to anything occult, and then you toss yeah. that dash of like weird sci-fi paranormal on top of it, and it's just like awesome. Like, you do, it doesn't get any better. The tentacles are so Lovecraftian, oh. and it honestly kind of reminded me of the nameless horror of berkeley square like yes. that one picture especially like the more, the one from cryptopia i believe we sourced it from yeah it's so creepy man definitely so cool there's a few other comparisons too to other like you know sci-fi horror mm. films as well that we'll make throughout this but um do you want yeah you want to run through the plot line well yeah for all of you listening who haven't actually checked out the film yet um just give you a brief plot description here. So essentially what we're dealing with is um, a rural police officer who is our main character, played by Aaron Poole. His name is uh, Daniel Smith, I believe. I can't remember his last name, but it was Daniel. Danny, yeah. Danny boy! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he has a some sweet lines. <laughs> Very likable right from the beginning, I'll say. Yeah. Anyways, he um, finds a bloody man on the side of the highway. Uh, it's a kind of a slow night on the shift, and he is uh, 
basically just chilling out and randomly comes upon this mm-hmm. and essentially transports him to what I would call a desolate hospital. It almost seems like it's in the process of being shut down, but it's kind of vague, right? It's almost as if they're, because they're packing up everything, right? All the files, everything, all the supplies. And so essentially it's just like a skeleton crew um, mm-hmm. for staff. And he brings this guy, this prisoner, essentially. He doesn't even know what's wrong with him. He's incredibly bloody. And, um, yeah, essentially all hell breaks loose after he arrives at the hospital. And they quickly realize they've sort of been trapped by these strange cult-like hooded figures with triangles over their face area. Yeah. And it essentially turns into sort of like a gateway to hell. And they just sort of descend further and further into this pit of despair and just grossness. You're hitting on like a million talking points with that right now. It's just so <laughs> juicy. It's so it juicy. It really is. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, these weird cult figures basically like dressed like the KKK but with these weird black triangle things kind on of there. sort of similar because they're white but they don't have the, the pointed hats. No point. Just mm-hmm. yeah, but just uh, the same face, like just the eyes. uh, eye holes and like just very ominous looking figures for sure yeah i don't think they were really going for the kkk look no it was more so exactly and it was a way to accentuate the triangle symbology that's on their face definitely which we'll get into because i thought that was very interesting there's a lot of different connotations and um insinuations you can draw from that Mm -hmm. one of the things i really like though and normally this kind of annoys me is the fact that it was kind of vague. They don't give any spe- specificities as far as the cult they belong to, the god they're worshipping, right. all this kind of stuff. It's really vague. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, right. And it, I guess it's just because of the pace of the film. Like, we were talking about this the other day, yeah. like how I was kind of disappointed in that too a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah it's a, it is vague. But you don't mm-hmm. have a chance in the narrative to, like, get those details because it's kind of like a Dawn of the Dead situation where it's just like, bing, bang, boom, now you're trapped in a hospital and you got to survive. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, very Dawn of the dead Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which but, was kind of unfortunate but also very exciting because it worked that way for a totally. action. And it's interesting because, like, in the first little bit of the film, I wasn't sure if we were going to be dealing with exclusively like a cult sort of thing, or if there was going to be some sort of supernatural element, I was waiting for the tentacles because you see those on the cover, right? Right. And then as soon as you get those, like that to me was like solidified the fact that obviously we're dealing with something that is of otherworldly means or something that these people are tapping into. Right. But it's very vague, right? Like they're literally just like very strangely, stoic and still for the most part until they until the one guy rushes um daniel the police officer Mm -hmm. and then it's just kind of like he obviously gets stabbed he gets stabbed a lot he he gets stabbed in the neck he gets stabbed in the back what else happens to him he gets (laughs) he definitely is pretty tough throughout the whole yeah he's like almost gets his head chopped off by the guy with the fire axe that breaks in and is definitely not friendly with them at the beginning there Mm -hmm. you know let's backtrack can, is it yep. cool if I backtrack to the Definitely. beginning? So, like, something that I kind of realized thinking about this movie after the fact that I didn't pick up on initially. So, the very beginning of the film, you get this weird scene before Daniel's on the side of the road and picks up this, like, what he thinks is just, like, a tweaker that mm-hmm. stumbled out of the woods. Like, that has a head injury, basically, right? And he yeah. thinks, whatever has happened to this guy, I don't know. But there's this weird scene before where you're given a little hint of... The, that's the only real hint of the cult that you're given at the very beginning mm-hmm. where the two guys that end up coming into the hospital are, like burning this chick and chasing after this 
tweaker guy that Daniel finds. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's still very confusing. You're not really sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, the one thing I f- didn't realize right off the bat, and I picked it up later, was Dan- Daniel calls into dispatch, but all the hospitals are, like, too far away or too busy or something like that, right? And the only one that he can get into is the, whatever, the uh, Mars County general that's mm-hmm. being closed up. Like, like we said, skeleton Weirdly. crew, packing it up, really bizarre. Why right? would you send him there? And, of course, we find out right off, right off the bat that his ex-wife right. is works at this hospital. Probably the reason why he doesn't want to go there mm-hmm. right off the bat, right? But he is talking to somebody on the dispatch, and he says, call ahead and tell them I'm coming, because they only have a skeleton crew. So call, yeah. call ahead. Mm-hmm. And he gets there, and nobody called them. And I didn't pick up on that. He was like, nobody told you? And they weren't prepared for him at all. And I'm like, who's on the other end of that dispatch line? Mm, that That's interesting. That's a really good point. And that kind of brings into play what I would call the Shyamalan twist of this yeah. film. There was a lot of twists, though. Like, it, And this isn't really a Shyamalan twist because it's not right at the end. It's more so like in the first third of the movie. And that's when we are introduced to the main villain character. Right. Which no one suspects, right? Like, I didn't suspect that for a moment. I just thought he was going to be dead. Yeah, that's just another it. victim, right? So, so quick, who, can we recap quick just so everyone understands? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to do. Okay, cool. So essentially we get um, Daniel entering the hospital. Like you said, mm-hmm. um, no one's prepared for him. They they try and deal with it as best they can, obviously. And then we get the introduction of these two other characters, right? Which in the IMBD like character list, they're just called the father and the son. Which it kind of comes into play with the whole triangle thing, which I'll get into in a little bit here. But anyways, interesting. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah, so their characters come into the hospital, kind of chaos ensues with that. But before all that even happens, we get Nurse Bev. Right. So Nurse Bev ends up having a what looks to be a psychotic breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Ends up taking her own face off and basically mutilating mm. one of the hospital patients beyond recognition. Um, that was a disturbing scene. That was really disturbing. That was, again, a a moment of body horror that I, yeah, viewer discretion is advised. (laughs) But she says something interesting. She says, it's not me. It's not my face. Right. And then uh, she goes after Daniel, the police officer. So she ends up shooting her. So, okay. So we get that happen. And then he has this weird moment where he goes into the bathroom and he's basically like, he starts vomiting. He's going through, yeah, some sort of like trauma himself and shock. And then he has this moment where he looks in the mirror and you get that sort of like almost similar to what a bomb sounds like when, um, like, you know, like that ringing sound and he like looks and it's like very like, it's almost like a dislocation of himself. Like he is looking, but he's not seeing himself maybe. It was almost like he was being shook, like a vibration Mm. and your vision is like blurred. Exactly. And then he passes out. Yeah. And then when he wakes up, um, he's kind of thrown into another sort of like his, his ex-wife is over top of him and the doctor's looking at him. And then and then this whole chaotic thing ensues with the um, the father and the son breaking into the hospital, which is bizarre, right? How did they how did they know where to find them? Well, I guess they, they were just fault. They must have followed the tweaker dude to the edge of the woods and seen a cop car driving away and thinking he must be going to a hospital. Another thing we hear all throughout the film is that sort of like deep bellowing sort of like calling is kind of what it comes across as, as if it's drawing more and more of the cult uh, figures towards the hospital. So maybe it's the same force compelling uh, the father and the son towards the same. And, it, and not to mention there was some sort of strange vortexy thing happening in the sky above that seemed to be turning into sort of a triangle-like shape. 
So maybe that was kind of directing them too. It's almost like the Star of David, but <laughs> a much darker version. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no kidding. <clears throat> Crazy. Yeah. Okay, so we get to Nurse Bev, and then we get to the scene where essentially we get the killing of the doctor, right? There's this whole big argument in the main sort of ER area of the hospital between, sort of a standoff between the father and the son who break into the hospital and then the crew that's already there. So the skeleton staff and Daniel, the police officer and the tweaker who takes um, a girl hostage. Um, We missed the part where the state trooper shows up though, right? Oh, that's true too. He did manage to show up and he relates that there's some sort of bloodbath happening. Yeah, which was strange, right? So he, state trooper shows up just before this stuff happens. Daniel has shot Nurse Bev. That's why the state trooper's Mm -hmm. there. Um, and he's like, well, what a shit show this is. Like, no. you're basically saying your dad would be disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is clearly a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that he, State Trooper doesn't last too long in this, in this movie. <laughs> no, um, he doesn't. Nurse Bev gets him. Right. <laughs> or the creature that takes over <laughs> Nurse Bev. <laughs> so these two guys, the father and son character, yeah, all they want at the beginning is they just want this kid because they claim that this kid is a part of this cult that slaughtered their family. Yeah. And, but it's weird though, the way they make it seem is that it's not his dad. The way they make it seem is that he's like protecting the kid. Yeah. Cause he even says, right. The father says at one point, I came across this kid and I saved him, his entire family. So yeah, it's an odd, it was a strange sort of lack of character development in that area. Mm -hmm. I didn't really stop and contemplate it too hard. You though, that's cause I was was almost on purpose though. Like just, just because just to be confusing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what a lot of this movie is. Like it is just a, mindbender just for the sake of it exactly because we the next thing we get to here is nurse bev yeah she ain't dead no um because it's not really nurse bev anymore Mm -mm. and spoiler alert i don't really care because it came out in 2011 (laughs) go watch the thing but that's essentially what we get here yeah is like this bizarre amalgamous massive monstrosity of tentacles and disgusting pus (laughs) mass gross craziness don't even really know. Like, you're just looking at it and you're like, no. What, what <laughs> like, happened? Yeah, what? Oh, Nurse Bev, yeah. Should have taken your eHarmony profile picture a few minutes ago eh, before that happened. It just, just doesn't look good. Uh, no. So. And it's very bizarre, right? Okay, so we get her transformation. And then what you get is essentially this standoff happening and then some violence and essentially the doctor gets stabbed in the neck with yeah. like some sort of scalpel, scalpel yeah. and uh and then you see him as everyone's still uh, bickering and the chaos is still ensuing you see the tentacles reach out and grab the doctor and drag him back through <laughs> the double doors and awesome. at the time you're like ooh, like that's definitely the end of you now buddy yeah. but um turns out he is our lovely villain mm-hmm. <laughs> which is bizarre did not suspect that at all no no. So, and meanwhile, the cult is just surrounded the hospital and they're yeah. not coming in. No. And they make that comment at this point, basically being like, I can't remember who makes it actually, but it's, you know, you know, they're being kept in there. Yeah. Like they're, 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 they're not prisoners. trying to get in. They're trying to keep us from leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we get a comment later in the film about how, I mean, obviously it's a cult of something. They're worshiping something. They're following something. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they wanting to be down in there a part of it you know i don't know why aren't they like why are they it's not like the the people trapped in the hospital aren't made to look like sacrifices at the beginning and it kind of turns into that it kind of turns into that throughout the film where the the doctor's like using them as sacrifices but the cult isn't like taking them as sacrifices no yet they're quarantining them in the hospital 
Yeah. It's kind of this odd. That is actually a very weird sort of juxtaposition because they, you're exactly right. They don't actually go after anyone in particular except for Allison, the ex-wife of the police officer. Um, she's kind of singled out as like the mother is how she's described. Right. Um, and then you get the pregnant chick. Yeah. So that's another twist, too, because essentially all the other characters, all the side characters, that little um, Kim, uh, the assistant, who almost gives her a friggin', um, what's it called, a a (laughs) C-section. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Okay, and then you get the grandfather, who obviously has nothing to do with it and gets his throat slit by his own granddaughter. Yeah. And then you get um, the son, right, who ends up being chased by that one beast at the very end, but then it disappears, so he gets away. So all these people are just... They're, they're just, like, excessive whatever. I feel as though the main focus is on Daniel for whatever reason, because he's maybe more vulnerable because of his loss, because he, he's almost equated with the doctor's loss of his daughter and that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, they in have the that little conversation. Yeah. yeah, they have that weird, like, mind conversation. And then... And yeah, and then obviously the the, the vessel, right? The pregnant chick who mm-hmm. ends up murdering this crazy again like a four-legged monstrosity it almost looks like half gorilla half tentacle it looks like cthulhu or something yeah and pretty then much. but not it it looked like cthulhu but combined with like the, the baby alien from which one was that with the one that gets sucked out yeah, into the space in resurrection, in resurrection. alien resurrection it kind of looked like mm-hmm. that Actually, yeah, I have several references to, like, in my notes here, to Alien Resurrection because of the um, the scenes where um, Allison is converted into that um, birthing monstrosity that's all tentacled and just, yeah. like, everywhere. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then that, too, right? Yeah, right. like, the, yeah. It's just, there was a lot of parallels to a lot of different things. Oh, like, yeah. Lots of horror movie parallels, for sure. You know what's interesting about and that? references. It's almost like they're just, like, hearkening back. Oh, it's like yeah. a, you know? Yeah, almost in a... Almost in a tribute kind of a way. Totally. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the word you're looking for, right? They had that, yeah, exactly. What Throwback. I was going to say, though, is just, like, the um, the birthing scene where, yeah, you get this monstrosity out of the pregnant chick. Um, that was a weird scene because he, this, you know, once they, okay, we're kind of, you know, we're getting ahead and going back, but that's mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Um, you know, they've descended down this crazy journey into the, the void, mm-hmm. hence the name, yeah. and found this demigod-like figure or whatever. But that point before she gives birth to that monster, he, like, instantaneously implants it in her. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, now you are this. And then she all of a sudden is almost, like, snapped out of this weird trance that she was in. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, all freaked out. And we get these all this body horror throughout the whole film, but it's not bad, like not body horror, like saw or something like that. Mm. It's like good, like it's good body horror. Like, um, it's eighties throwback body horror. Yeah. Like Mm. that. The gore. Yeah. And she's getting like these flashes of like, just this weird, like goopy red mess of like, you don't know what you're even looking at. Right. And it's Um, tearing her apart. Essentially what it looks like. And then it just bursts out and that's, it's just this massive thing. Yeah, it just like yeah. it essentially is <laughs> just like, yeah, instantaneously like amalgamated inside of her and then birthed right. out of her. Do you want to talk about the actual portal in the void when they start to descend in? Oh yeah. Well, you mean like just like the series of triangles they see along the way? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, let's, let's it's talk basically about that. like a trail of breadcrumbs, so to speak. A eh? weird, paranormal, messed up trail of breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. So we have a triangle portal, which is interesting. It seems to be the force that's controlling everything. Yeah. Like it's almost like this. 
I don't even know. It's an ancient... For- like, he makes that comment. He's like, there are things that are older than time. There, and that's yeah. basically not a crazy, you know, whatever. There's That reminds me of, like, a Disney song where it's like, Tales as old as time. <laughs> but, like, so it's not like that's a crazy, unique line in a movie or anything. But it, it is kind of messed up when you think about that. Because, like, we only perceive things within how we, you know... we. It's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really is. It's a very good way to put it, though. Things older than time. So things that exist outside of that framework. Right. The the rules, the laws that govern our physical reality. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so the triangles. Very, very interesting. You... That's the first thing you see in the film. Um, It's also the first... The last thing you see before the cut to the opening credits. And then again, it's the very last thing you see at the end of the movie. That enormous pyramid of a triangle that's kind of blotting out the sun. It's almost like uh, an eclipse or something. Yeah. It's kind of how you... So anyways, I had to pull up, obviously, some little tidbits on triangles and just the mythology and the symbology of it. And... uh, Everyone is probably fairly familiar with this. The idea of like triangles being associated with trinities. Uh, it's very convenient. It's got the three sides, the three corners, often equated with uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost in, yep. in Christian mythology, that type of thing. Um, this is interesting, though. In Greek uh, mythology, in that tradition, the triangle is seen... This is a, a quote here. The triangle is seen as the delta gif... Gilf? Gilf? Glyph? Glyph, sorry. <laughs> Gilf. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she was man. a real guilt. Someone's going to get some good laughs. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's uh, symbolic of a doorway. Okay. So, and then also um, in mystic teachings and in numerology and stuff, it's three, this idea of like three or a trinity or whatever is the birthing of wisdom. Huh. Um, and that is kind of how this weird demigod character preaches what he's yeah, controlling. Exactly. Is that he's tapped into this ancient wisdom where there's yeah. no such thing as death. Yet his version of not dying is like just this literally hell on, not on earth, but in between. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the guy makes that comment when they're descending down and they reach that spot where it's basically his experiments, right? Mm -hmm. He makes that comment to Allison on the table where he's just like, that's the reason that this hospital burnt down was because of Mm. them trying to die, but they can't. And they basically find these, yeah, a room full of animate corpses rotting decay whatever in various states of decay yeah. and and exposed and and there's the one that's like literally slamming its head into repeatedly <laughs> into a pipe going all the way through and then he turns and looks at them and it's just the camera goes the angle goes yeah. right through his head Pretty to awesome. the group and it's like that's an awesome visual yeah. like i was i was disturbed to say the yeah. least but it's kind of funny right it didn't keep me up at night <laughs> No, it was just fun, disturbing, like it was was. entertaining. You know what that reminded me of to uh, draw parallels to another, to the, uh, not sorry, not the ruins, um, the ritual, Um, the room with all those bodies that are like mummified, that are like still kind of alive, but Mm -hmm. like aren't really like just made to worship the deity till Mm -hmm. the end. Kind of a similar Definitely. Yeah. The, the time is suspended, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Uh, it's super interesting though. Like I went into more of this whole triangle stuff too. There was one that I found. It's called the Valknut or Val, Valnut. I don't know. Anyways, it's of Mor- Norse mythology. Sorry guys. I can't pronounce things today. That's okay. <laughs> but essentially there's this thing and it's basically three interlocking triangles and it's exclusively used um, and associated with this cult of the dead. Cool. And yeah, and so this Valknut or whatever you want to call it has much to do with death and the transition from life to death and back again. 
The power of Odin to bind and unbind. Very cool. I saw that again, right? Another Triangle sort of play on that. And of course, we got the Illuminati here too. So <laughs> can't can't, okay. can't do an episode of triangles with okay. Illuminati popping sure. in. But essentially, yeah, like uh, triangle, pyramids, sun symbolism is very um, important. A lot of conspiracy theories surround that. Yeah. But essentially, this was another interesting quote. Um, it says here, the three sides of the triangle represent the number three. And this concept is used in uh, Gematria, uh, the ancient Bibli- Bibli- Babylonian, sorry, slash Hebrew numerology practice that assigns numbers to words or letters. The number three is the number of the divine, showing the union of male and female that create a third being. It is the number of manifestation to make something happen. So that's what that guy is trying to do, right? Yeah. Like he is trying to manifest his daughter back from the dead. So this is like his, and in his doing entire... so he's lost his mind, obviously. Well, exactly. Like, like he's trying to defy the boundaries of life and death. And in doing so, I would say he's crossed into something blasphemous, some sort of realm of monstrosity and yeah. unnatural powers. Like, yes. And that's essentially, and he is completely just um, himself. I feel like he's been manipulated and just like uh, deceived by it all too. Right? right. And I almost think in his mind, he's seeing the same delusion that um, Daniel was seeing when he goes to his wife, who is now like this monstrosity birthing mother thing and sees her in her pure form as like a mother about to give birth to a human baby right. kind of thing. And it's, it's very pure um, uh, facade in front of him. It's just a, you know, a mirage. So maybe that's what he's seeing, right? Maybe he's just as deceived and convinced. Maybe. Who knows? I don't that's know. a cool thought. I like that a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I really want to tie this to? Um, and this is what this... It reminded me of our Underworld of Giza episode. And just a lot of the the duot and this idea of the underworld oh, yeah. and things like that. Because the monsters of the underworld. Absolutely. And, and, the key, and, and a key point about that, the monsters, is that with the duat and the pathway to the underworld, people were given like essentially like a book of the, you know, the book of the dead, right? You were given a series of things you had to be able to know how to do tasks and things that you needed to be totally. good at to like mm-hmm. get through. It's like a handbook, and a handbook. Right. And I feel like in this case, it's a journey, right? That's the point of it, right? You mm. need to be able to know the steps along the journey. We're given a journey in this movie of essentially a symbolic, you know, uh, descent into hell, so to speak. Ooh, although, yeah. although, it's not really hell because it's not matching up with like whatever modern con- religious conceptions of hell or whatever. But like, maybe that's kind of what this is, right? Like the doctor essentially would be like a person traveling the duat without the book and you end up like this because you don't know how to get oh, through these nasty powers and weird stuff. That's interesting. And you don't know how to harness this stuff properly and you end up being consumed by these evil forces because totally. we are given this journey, right? And it's very similar to that. Exactly. So I feel as though Daniel is, yeah, he's going through those same things. And just the doctor himself, right? He makes that comment. He says, it's interesting what pathways open up when you look for them. Yes. I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it was something, something along, those, along lines. those lines. And so that to me, again, yeah, speaks to that. This journey like, it was into like the interesting depths. what you can find when you go looking yeah, that's what he said. Something along mm-hmm. that line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, to tie it into all that, the idea of the duat in ancient Egyptian mythology as well is, the, of course, the obvious thing, the triangles. Yeah. And the idea, the, the symbolism of the pyramids. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that they are quite possibly way more important and powerful for different reasons than we <laughs> usually think, right? Totally. So, going back to that then, yeah, so the portal is this triangle, right? This light-infused triangle that's very um, dynamic, I would say. Yeah. So, essentially, what we get is 
a, a one last push on the part of Daniel to kind of like, I don't want to say like man up, but essentially like kind of that, you know, where he's like trying to be like, I can do this. I can, I can create this closure and I can maybe in a sense make my dad proud because there's that whole sort of sideline, whatever narrative. But so essentially he just, he, he takes the demigod dude and just shoves him through the portal. Yeah. And then it closes it up. On, on him too. Yeah. And the question I have, okay, so we see that, we see the closure, we see the hideous monstrosity that's his daughter in big air quotes disappear, right? Mid chase with the son, because the, the father has been kind of like yeah. burned alive, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so they disappear. Do All the cult people disappear too, right? Yeah, because the void's gone, which may, you're left to wonder if they're even real. Yeah, exactly. So who were they? Were they just like these strange minions? That yeah, just there's like... like hundreds of them. You're made to yeah. think like this is the entire town. And that comes back to the dispatch thing I mentioned at the beginning. Oh, yeah. The conspiracy element there. Because it's like, yeah, how intentional was this? Like, and how far does this reach, essentially? Is kind the of the like... only thing about that that maybe doesn't make sense, like that the dispatch person is involved, is just like maybe they couldn't get through to the hospital. But my question is, like, what if there was no dispatch person at all? What if his signal's being interfered by the doctor already? Because right. the doctor ends up taking... He, he, he reverts to phone lines, right, to communicate. I don't think he's actually on a phone on the other end of the right. line. Right. So I think he's able to manipulate things like that right. using these sort of demigod-like powers that he's um, got from this strange force. Yeah. Hmm. Strange. Very strange. So then we get this whole image at the very end where Daniel essentially closes the portal thing. Him and his wife are seen together in good health, mind you, right? Like yeah, she's he's not perfectly fine. In the back exactly. He's totally fine. And they're just left like in this dreamlike, desolate realm where there's just it's like. It's just like blowing sands mm-hmm. and just a series of pyramids. Like, tons of pyramids behind them, and then the big one blotting out. It's, like, literally, like, Mount Fuji. and uh, it's But just this massive pyramid. It is just that, yeah. What, what is, what is up with that? I don't, <laughs> I like it, though. Like, it's like I, a total eclipse, right? Like, it's right. what it kind of looks like. I love it, though. Like, I, I, I love that it makes me wonder. It doesn't give me all the answers. Yeah. But it is satisfying. But you are left to wonder, it's like, so are they just left to wander for all of eternity in this weird purgatory dreamlike state of essentially like the, almost like the upside down of Stranger Things, except desert instead of snow? (laughs) Yeah, no floating fluffs of things in the air. It's just, it's just wind. That's a terrifying thought. And what happened to the dude? Like, was he destroyed? Because at that point he had, he was almost like this demigod-like figure and and existed only in the transfer point between the void and and the mm. regular world because that's just it the the creature daughter thing gets like squished and crushed and killed or just disappears or whatever within the void there's a the, the void is the descent between the upstairs of the hospital where the guy mm-hmm. at the end escapes mm-hmm. and then the portal where they go into yeah. and all that in between disappears. Mm-hmm. Like that was so cool. That part where the, the young Asian girls on the phone or on the walkie mm-hmm. and, and he's like, what about the second set of stairs? And she's like so yeah. confused. And she's like, there's only one set of stairs. Yeah. He's like, we're going down. She's and like, now it's like down? this thing is opened up. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a really good. So point that is the void. The void isn't the portal that they get to at the triangle. That's, that's the portal. Exactly. The void is this, weird space in between so because of that opening that aperture that is the triangle is 
Yeah, exactly that. So it, it's almost like this medium realm in between, right? In on each side of this portal. That's really cool, actually, because yeah. I, I totally yeah that kind of escaped me. And that's <laughs> why those things can't die because they're just existing in that, yeah. that space in between, right? Totally. And it is totally playing on like the ideas of purgatory, yep. I guess. Definitely playing on that for sure. I, you know, the Living Dead, all of that, right? Definitely. Kind of reminded me of um, The Walking Dead, like those scenes in the darkness and yeah, and the the yellow lighting. There's a lot of yellow lighting and just hospital scenes, right? Like just the spooky like, classic it, hospital flicking yeah. lights and yeah. I, I honestly like. What was your favorite <clears throat> scene in the movie? I have to ask you. Oh, I had a your lot favorite part, of... I guess favorite moment. I <laughs> I really liked the scene. Where he ends up um, slaughtering Allison or whatever she's become. And it's just this really long scene through... You see him just going over and over again with the axe through the doorway, the, with the window in the door. And it just goes further and further back into blackness. Yeah. That is a cool scene. And you keep getting the little splatter, little, a little mm-hmm. bit more splatter each each thrust on mm-hmm. the window as, as it fades and back. And it feels like there's a, a distinct lack of sound, too. It's a very yeah. quiet moment, and it's it's very effective in that yeah. way. I really like that. It's yeah. hard for me to choose an actual favorite. I don't know. What about you? Honestly, that's that was definitely up there for me, too. I, I thought that was so effective. It just balanced the like the super graphic stuff that you do get to mm-hmm. because there's the scene where there is this basically the same thing those the two guys the father and son character type dudes hacking up the first monster Allison or I'm sorry not Allison um nurse oh nurse Bev nurse Bev um and uh Danny's just laying on the ground basically like and the look on his face is just like how do you even process that you know what I mean like I don't even know I don't even know I don't know. It's hard to, yeah. Yeah. One question I have um, before we wrap this up. Um, what are your thoughts on the idea um, of the father and the son and their efforts to destroy the two tweakers? Like, were they just um, convinced that they were part of the cult? Or were they convinced that they were actually monsters already themselves? Or, like, what was the point? Because they just douse her with gasoline after shooting her. And she seems to be just a victim in all of this, in my opinion. So mm. it's just bizarre to me to think... That's a good question. That they, they felt they had to do this, and they came to the hospital specifically to get the dude. The tweaker dude. Yeah. So that, to me, was kind of a little bit confusing. It was almost like they didn't even really know what they were doing. They were just, like the only thing they could do at that point. That's why it had that Dawn of the Dead vibe. Where oh, yeah. it was almost like, there's nothing left to end do except for seek revenge against this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, end of the, almost like, yeah, end of the world type scenario where, yeah, they're just, he, they don't even quite know what they're getting into. They don't know what they're getting into either. They have no idea. Oh, And then they're, yeah. they end up going through the, the descent with Danny too and kind of figure it, figuring it out along the way. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I think it was just revenge. I think it was just yeah. a, just straight revenge, and the the kid probably didn't want it. You know what I mean? He didn't seem like he wanted to, but of course he couldn't talk the no. whole film, which is another interesting thing. Having oh, yeah. a main character that doesn't speak the entire movie, yeah, because his vocal cords had been messed up. Was that it? Yeah, by the people that killed his family, oh, right. so he can't speak. 
So that was kind of unique too. Overall, I, I overall I really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was a really great movie. I would definitely recommend it. I would too. Yeah, I thought it was very effective. Like we said, there's tons of throwbacks. Um, another quick throwback that I had here, um, once Dr. Richard Powell, the main uh, demigod, uh, whatever guy, he peels off his skin. Like there's a, a very like elongated scene where you see him over the sink and there's like, you know, you can tell he's doing something weird. And then it ends up he has basically peeled off his face. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, once he's actually fully revealed, though, as this sort of, like, grotesque, like, gargoyle-like black monster type thing, <laughs> yeah. he very much reminded me of the monster from Jeepers Creepers. I thought that was yeah. uh, was definitely a throwback a little bit to that. Like, definitely. not not very much so in the way that he was, like, super, super no, bat-like. No, you're But there right. was a lot of reminiscent, like, similarities. No, like, similarities. super angular, uh, angular cheekbones mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, totally, where it's, like, it's gaunt, but it also looks strong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, then yeah. that's what that Jeepers Creepers demon looks like. <laughs> totally. Yeah, lots of crossovers. How, we, we touched on, like, the the thing, Jeepers Creepers. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Alien Resurrection. Uh, uh, Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, a few, <laughs> and a few others. Yeah, no, this was a fun one. Thanks again um, for all, to everybody yeah, who's thrown thanks, out. Bradley. To, yeah, thanks, Bradley. And mm-hmm. to everybody who's um, tossed in suggestions. We love it. So keep them coming. Yeah. And um, don't be afraid to toss out ones that are, like, a little bit lighter, too. Like, yeah. We're into stuff like um, what we do in the shadows. Uh, what was that other one that I said we have to do that's a little bit lighter? Ooh, I mean. Oh, man. I can't remember. I want to do like 20,000 leagues under the sea. Oh, that so would be So somebody suggested so we can do it and give you a <laughs> shout out for it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you guys so much for listening to this installment. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of days. And we'll let you guys know on Sunday what the next uh, film's going to be. Yeah. So until, until then. then. <laughs>